Welcome back. On today's episode of Deeper Life, Pastor Stephen shares on the dangers of the end time church. Listen and be blessed. There is none like you, no one else. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could touch for all eternity. Father, we honor you this evening. And worship you, Jesus. Worship you. Worship you. We worship you. We stand before you, not by the works we have done, but because of your precious grace that covers us. Father, you said in your word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And tonight, Lord, we thank you that we have your voice over us by your Holy Spirit, that we can hear what you have to say. The one common word you spoke to every church in the book of Revelation. Let he who has a ear hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let him hear what the Spirit says. Today, God, sometimes we hear ourselves, we hear our thoughts, we hear other people, we hear many voices around us. But the one voice that the church needs to be open to is the voice of the Holy Spirit. What is God the Holy Spirit speaking to us today? What is he speaking to us today? Sometimes we see you, God the Holy Spirit, only as an influence or as power. Sometimes we fail to see God the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Trinity. He is a person, he has a mind, he has will, he has emotions. The biggest challenge during the days of Jesus was the day that he began to say that I and the Father are one. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. People began to walk away from him because they could see him as a miracle worker, as an influence to society, as somebody who could do good, somebody who could provide for their needs. They could not see him as God. They could not see him as their savior. The one thing that will fail us in these last days is that if we only see him merely as an influence and as power, which he is, but he is also God, the one who reveals Jesus to us, 
the one who speaks the heart of Jesus to us. If we don't hear his voice, we don't hear what Jesus is speaking to us. Jesus speaks to us by the Holy Spirit. Father, tonight, Lord, we thank you that in the midst of many voices around us, we can hear you. We can hear what you have to say to the churches. In the midst of many challenges, many struggles, many things that happen around us, we thank you that you are the God who speaks to us. My dear the brother and sister, God has a great plan for us. God has a great purpose for us. But we need to submit to God the Holy Spirit so that he can perform the will of Jesus in our lives. Israel's biggest challenge was when the very temple that they believed in, this great and glorious temple that was once filled with the glory of God, that Solomon had built, fell down, broke down. Captured by a foreign heathen king. They could not believe how this glorious temple can be captured by a foreign king. These anointed vessels of God that no man could touch. But the priests, nobody was allowed to touch it. Anointed vessels of God were plundered by heathen people. The temple was plundered, broken down. God begins to speak to Ezekiel the prophet. To a people who are confused. To a people who cannot understand why has God deserted his own people. Deserted his own city. Deserted his own temple. Why? Where is this God? Where is the God of the Israelites? Where? The Bible says in Ezekiel 22. God talks about four failures. In verse 25, he says, The conspiracy of the prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. In verse 28, Ezekiel prophesies, Her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar seeing false visions, divining lies to them. The first problem of the body of Christ was the failure of the prophets. Lack of accountability of the prophets. They simply began to speak what they felt, what they imagined. And the danger of the church today is when the prophets are not accountable. The second failure of the church in those days was the moral failure of priests. In verse 26, the Bible says, Her priests have violated my law, profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy, nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. 
the danger of the church is pastors, leaders, lose sight of borders, lose sight of clarity between wrong and right, between clean and unclean. Today, sometimes we're living in a season where we don't know how broad the road has become that Jesus once said would be a narrow road. He said, narrow is the way that leads to life. And sometimes looks like we are walking in a road that's so broad. And not only broad, we can't see the borders because we don't know where the border is. Sometimes the church is so influenced by the world and the ways of the world and the style of the world. that we have lost sight of the difference between clean and unclean. The third problem was the covetousness of the leaders. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey to shed blood, to destroy people, and to get dishonest gain. A covetous leadership. A covetous leadership destroyed a nation. God says to Ezekiel, your leaders have corrupted themselves. How careful we ought to be today that we don't corrupt ourselves, that we don't become covetous. Sometimes we want to be like the world. We speak like the world. We use our pulpits to preach about money and, and wealth and prosperity. Well, God wants to bless us. But sometimes the way we want God to bless us is we want to be rich, famous, popular, powerful, like the people of the world. Is that what the kingdom of God is? Isn't the kingdom of God carrying a cross? Isn't the kingdom of God denying oneself? Is the kingdom of God to whom Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 6, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and my daughters. I speak with fear in my heart tonight, knowing that I would equally be judged. And I speak because I have known or accomplished, but I speak as one to whom God speaks today. Son, are you careful? Are you careful? Is your borders clear? Is your understanding of God clear? Is the road you're walking narrow? Sometimes we need to ask ourselves, in a world where we live with mixtures, am I mixed up? Or have I separated myself? The fourth problem was because of the failure of accountability of prophets, moral failure of priests, covetousness of leaders. You find the people. In verse 29, Ezekiel writes, the people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, mistreated the poor and needy there, wrongfully oppressed the stranger. 
a people corrupted by the world, stepping into the standards of the world, living like the world, speaking like the world, behaving like the world. Oh, what did Israel bring itself into? What did a nation that once walked with God bring itself into? Today, what has the church brought itself into? What have we as God's children brought ourselves into? And then comes the famous verse that we preach many times. In verse 30, Ezekiel says, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall, stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. God says, I sought for a man who will plaster the wall. I sought for a man who will repair the wall. I sought for a man who will stand in the gap. I sought for a man who will represent me to people and who will represent people to me. How many times do we represent people to God? How many times do we represent God to people? How many times do we preach God as God without compromises? Sometimes our grace seems to be over and above borders that God had drawn in his word. Sometimes faith that the Bible talks seems to have gone beyond borders where faith is all about me, I, me, myself, what I want to become, what I will be, what others should look up to me. Sometimes without our knowledge, we make ourselves little gods before people. Being Christian is not being radical. Being Christian is being normal. Christianity is the norm. Our life with God is the normal. In our zeal, sometimes we forget walking with God, living with God, serving God. Is normal. Is normal. That which is without God is what becomes abnormal. The real life is the life that we live with God. The real life is the life where He means something beyond my personal ambitions, life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood before the God of the world, Nebuchadnezzar. They said to him, we want you to know whether or not our God saves us. Let it be known to you that we will not bow down to any other image. That was the norm. They said, I'm not talking to you, Nebuchadnezzar, about faith. I'm not talking to you about healing. I'm not talking to you about deliverance. I'm not talking to, about, to you about a sign and wonder. I'm not challenging you about a sign and wonder. 
I'm not challenging you that something is going to happen to me. Not saying that. I'm not speaking a radical message to you, but I'm telling you the norm of what it is to be a believer. The norm is this. Whether my God stands with me or not, as you throw me into the fire, you should know we are God's people and we who are God's people will not bow to any other. Accountability, transparency. We live in a selfish world today where my life is about me. My life is about what I want to do, what I want to become, what I will be. Sometimes we fail to understand that our life and the decisions we make, if they are not right, they will affect the, wife of the, the life of my wife. They will affect the life of my children. They will affect the life of my church. They will affect the life of my community. Why should I be accountable? Why should I be transparent? Why should I be right with God? Because if I am not, it will hurt my home. It will hurt my marriage. It will hurt everything. I live in a selfish world where if things don't go right, I want a divorce. I don't care about my children. I don't care about their future. I don't care if they will be brought up in a single marriage, in a single home. I don't care about their lives. It's all about me. I don't care about society. Sadly, it's creeping into the church today. What rules our life? Forgiveness, healing, willing to accept one another, willing, willing to walk in the love of God, willing, willing, Willing to submit. The word submission seems to be a problem. Discipleship seems to be a problem. The word discipleship comes from discipline, which seems to be a problem. Anything about discipleship and discipline today looks like a religious thing. Oh, pastor, it's so religious you're doing. We're called to freedom. This is so religious. My friend, it's not religious to read the Bible every day. It's not religious to pray every day. It's not religious to seek God every day. It's the norm. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. These are days that God wants us to walk in truth. God wants us to be real. God wants us to speak what is right and wrong. The danger of the end-time church is a church that has a form of godliness. You come, you can see tremendous worship. You can see people praying. You can see worship. You can see everything. It's so spiritual without the power of God. A form of godliness, but no power therein. 
Oh, that God would draw us to him today. Oh, that God would draw us to a deeper walk with him today. Oh, may the, the, may the, may the things that have come upon us from the world fall away from us. Oh, that we will come to the cross today again. Say to God, forgive me, God. Wash me with your precious blood. Cleanse me, God. Stand before you again, God. Tear away things that are not of you in me. My earthly desires, my earthly passions, my earthly lifestyle. Take it away from me. Turn me. Turn my life. That I would be a man after your heart. That I would be a man after your heart. The biggest difference between Saul and David. Saul disobeyed God. David not only disobeyed the norm of the day, but David jumped the borders and went way beyond the norm of even taking over another man's wife. Killed the man. The difference between Saul and David. When Nathan came to David and said to David that he had sinned against God, David repented, cried out, went into mourning. Simply fell at the feet of God and said, I have sinned against you. When Samuel came to Saul and said to Saul, what is the bleating of sheep that I hear? You know, Saul began to give excuses. Saul compromised. Saul wanted to say, it's not about me. It, it was about somebody else. Excuse us. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we want to give excuses. Sometimes when the word of the Lord comes to us, we want to say, this word is good for somebody else. Mr. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so. Acts 7 and 51. Stephen says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, why do you resist the Holy Spirit? Oh, that God would come into us, into the depths of our hearts tonight. Oh, that we will come before his throne as men and women. Oh, that we will come and lay down our lives before God. Ask ourselves, who am I? What is my life about? Where am I going? What is it that I am doing today? Why am I a leader? Why am I a pastor? Why am I a person? Why am I where I am? What is the purpose of my life? Am I doing what God has called me to do? Or have I put things on hold with God because I want something for myself? God says, I sought a man. Can you imagine? While all these failures 
of the church was found in the days of Ezekiel. God says to Ezekiel, I was seeking for somebody. I was looking for somebody. I was wanting to find a person who was willing to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. God, here I am. Willing to stand in the gap. Willing, Lord, to lay my life before you. My friend, in Acts chapter 9, it was a certain disciple that God looked for to go and minister to Saul. God is not looking for it. One of the disciples, one of the prophets, one of the apostles is looking for a certain disciple. The Bible says, Ananias. Jesus is looking for one person tonight who will say, God, I am willing. Whatever be the need in your heart that today in 2022, you're looking for one person who will stand in the gap. And here I am, God. I'm willing to stand in the gap. I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to intercede. I'm willing to stand on behalf of my church, my people, my city, my nation. And I'm willing to represent you to my people. And I'm willing to represent my people to you. My friend, God is drawing you unto himself. He's calling you today to come and take your rightful place before him so that you can be the person that he has called you to be. Tonight's word might be a little strong, but it is the word of God. The Bible says all scripture is given for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, in righteousness, that a man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. These are days God is stirring us, or we be equipped for the work of the ministry, for the work that God has entrusted into our hands. He has not done with you yet. God is not done with you yet. His hand is upon you so he can fulfill his great purpose over your life. Father, I speak for every person bowed in your head, bowed their head in your presence. Everyone who is in this meeting today was hearing the word of the Lord today. Lord, you would visit them. That Lord, everything that is deception will fall down. Everything unreal, not of God, will fall down. Lord, we pray that tonight every sin that easily ensnares us will be broken out of our lives by the precious blood of Jesus. Tonight, Lord, thank you for salvation. Thank you for your precious blood that you shed on the cross. Thank you for Holy Spirit you have given as a deep inner witness to remind us the word of the Lord, 
to remind us of who you are, to show us the way. Pray that, God, you would touch every person tonight, that we will be men and women, that will be a chosen generation, as your word says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that will be unto you a kingdom of priests, that we will be unto you a men and women that will be willing to stand in the gap, walk the narrow road, be under the anointing, uncompromised, unadulterated, ones that will have our lamps always overflowing with oil by the Holy Spirit because of our lifestyle and the way we walk with you. That we will be able to hear the knock on the door when the bridegroom comes. Or we can caught up, be caught up with you unto the heavens to live with you forever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Speak a blessing over everyone. I've listened to this word tonight. Pray that our eyes would be open to see you, our ears will be unplugged to hear your voice, and our hearts would be tender and soft to always understand and know the touch of the Holy Spirit deep inside of us. Speak your blessing over all my brothers and sisters tonight. May a mighty hand of blessing, healing, restoration, deliverance, and freedom come upon your people. Set them free to walk with you in righteousness and true holiness. We love you. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us in Deeper Life tonight. Pray that you will step into a glorious season with God in the days and months and years. May God's mighty hand of blessing rest upon you. Thank you for joining us. Have a continuous, blessed and glorious week. God bless you. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. If you would like to get in touch with us, please write to us at transformingnationsforjesus at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.